Welcome to Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Nolan Cleary. Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. This week, we talk with one of the Democratic candidates for president about his stance on environmental issues. Alright everyone, welcome back to Politics Weekly. Uh, The Democratic field uh, uh, for 2020 is getting uh, a lot more crowded, obviously, with Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris and Beto O'Rourke and Joe Biden and all these big candidates. But don't forget about these smaller candidates uh, that aren't getting as much attention from the media, um, but who could uh, prove to... Uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency um, and could have a real shot of uh, taking down Donald Trump in 2020. One of them is uh, joining me today, uh, Harry Braun. Thank you for joining me, Mr. Braun. Thank you, Nolan. I, I very much appreciate the interview. Thank you. Um, so the first question I have for you, and I guess this is really just the most important question, is why do you want to be president? Well, the first thing any voter needs to understand is that I'm not a politician. I don't deal in the world of politics. I am a senior scientist who has who represents in the, in the particular issues that my campaign is focused on, which is getting off of the oil and nuclear age with wartime speed, because these two very toxic fuels are in the final stages of making our entire Earth uninhabitable. Uh, that is a state of emergency that no one is talking about in either party. And yet there are over 16,000 Uh, scientists worldwide who have sent repeated written statements to governments of the world that you have maybe 10 years to do something really radical to turn this thing around. But they never define what that really radical thing is. And when you hear that climate change is human cause, well, that's not technically correct. And I say that because the, the thousands of scientists and engineers that I represent not just in this campaign. I've been an advisory board member of this professional engineering society since the year 1980. And this was incidentally the focal point of my campaign for Congress that I was running against John McCain in 1984 on this very issue that we need to shift from an oil economy and age to a hydrogen economy and age where Unlike oil, hydrogen is completely non-toxic, completely renewable, 
super safe if you happen to have a leak or an accident. Much safer than gasoline. And it, it was in existence and used long before the oil age ever began in the 1850s. Uh, you couldn't get diesel fuel commercially available until uh, 1880, the 1880s. But when the first automobiles were built, like the first one built in 1807, it was running on hydrogen made from water with electricity from a battery that had been developed by an eminent physicist in Italy. His name was Alessandro Volta. And that's where the word voltage comes from. All of this hydrogen technology was developed in the 1800s and it's completely pollution-free, zero carbon involved. If we and, and then in the 1930s, Henry Ford found the cheapest way to make hydrogen was from the cannabis plant, uh, which is the scientific term for most, most people use the word marijuana. But that term is actually a slang term it was deliberately plucked out of obscurity by uh, Andrew Mellon at the time. This is back in the 1930s when the oil industry was really taking off worldwide. And the oil barons were running the Congress back then, just like they run the Congress now. And it doesn't matter whether you're on the Republican side, like Donald Trump, who's a complete sellout to the oil industrial and nuclear industrial complex as are the senior Democrats, like Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and, and Joseph Biden. All of them are in deep up to their necks with uh, their money, their serious money comes from the oil, industrial, and fracking complex. Not even one of these candidates so far that I've heard has mentioned the word fracking. Have you heard anyone, Nolan, to mention the word fracking? No, I have not. That's a Nuremberg class crime against all humanity because it allows. And Donald Trump took all the regulations he talks about and boasts about. Oh, I got rid of all the regulations. Yeah, buddy, that means you're chemically contaminating aquifers forever, forever, and what for a fracking well that doesn't even work twenty-four months. And then the frackers move on to poison somebody else's uh, property and aquifers. And they've been poisoning thousands of aquifers all across the United States. And guess what? You can't clean these aquifers up. Because they're injecting the nastiest chemicals known, including diesel fuel, which is part of their secret fracking mix, along with tons of sand. And most people don't realize it. But sand is a strategically important substance now because it's also running out worldwide. It's running out because you need sand to make concrete. And the Chinese have made more concrete in the last two years than our country has made since our country was founded. Wow. Now, That's the project that nobody else is even talking about because they're completely, they don't read scientific literature. They read, I don't know what they, newspapers, I guess. But they don't need, they're not even aware of these problems, much less what are the solutions, which since I've been working on this problem for the last 30, 40 years, I mean, I was aware of the planet was in big trouble in 1970. That's when Earth Day was taking place. I was still an undergraduate at the time, but I got the message very clear that what we were, we were destroying the very planet we're living on. And, and yet it's been completely forgotten by the news media. 
And no one, and when's the last time you heard about the Fukushima accident on any of the five corporate news networks? I haven't. And it was President Obama who censored the national labs who were atmospheric testing of the radioactive isotopes coming out of that accident. If President Obama personally stopped that radiation testing so the public wouldn't panic. Hmm. But that stuff's coming out every day in the wind and the rain. And it's also just every bomb that we are dropping in the Middle East is tipped with uranium. Uranium-238, which is the worst isotope you can think of that you would want to pulverize in an explosion and, and put that high into the atmosphere in the explosion so that those winds will then pick it up, put it in the jet stream, so that it comes down in our rain in the United States in about 10 days. Wow. And we've been... We've been dropping these bombs every day, 24 hours a day, since 1990. Hmm. Well, let me... And have great talks to our country of trillions of dollars. Yeah. in the atmosphere. And have you heard any presidential candidate, even knowledgeable enough to tell you what the radioactive half-life of 238 is 4.5 billion, that's with a B, billion years. That's the age of the earth. Mm. And it's coming down to the rain. And you don't even hear it on these corporate news networks that unfortunately are owned and controlled and censored by the oil industrial complex. Just like they own both political parties. They are, in, they are the real deep state that runs everything. Why do you think we've been in all these oil wars that go clear back the Lawrence of Arabia and World War Well, let me... Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Um, uh, do you think... Cause you're, you, do you think that um, you would be willing to consider uh, declaring a national emergency uh, to try and solve some of these problems, especially some of the environmental problems you mentioned? Well, it's not government. It's not just a national emergency. It's an international emergency. Even the climate change, it's bad enough that the politicians are all technically illiterate people that don't read the scientific literature or certainly don't talk about it. Even when uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talked about in her Green Deal about, gee, we had 10 years left to do something radical, it, they, the media, in particular Fox News, Characterize it as though she was saying it. As though she, mm. I mean, she's a former bartender, so it's not like he was. So they said, well, they just dismissed it. But it, I, I'm not sure if, if Miss uh, Cortez, who I like a lot, I, I think she's, well, she spoke properly. Not, I mean, I don't agree at all with her Green Deal issues about getting rid of the internal combustion engine or the gas turbine engine and airplanes. That is. That is, and I just sent her emails to her chief of staff to try to get them to understand that it's not the internal combustion engine or the gas turbine engines that are the problem. It is the fuel. If you've got hydrogen fuel in those engines, they, they emit no pollution, no greenhouse gases. In fact, the only thing they do emit is pure water vapor from the hydrogen and the oxygen in the engine from water. So the water that you made the hydrogen from comes back in the exhaust and you can collect it in a stainless steel vessel as it's much 
observe in the rainwater that's coming down now. You better, to, if you don't have a reverse osmosis system in your house, you better get one. Put it under your kitchen sink. Maybe cost you a hundred bucks. But it even take out the very tiny molecules of the pesticides that are in all of us now, unfortunately, because nobody seems to care in this country about chemical contamination. Not one of the of the anybody's political person in that Congress has even mentioned a chemical contamination problem, which has poisoned every American, including the children, including the unborn children. In fact, the chemical contamination problem that's been on and discussed repeatedly, I give them credit to the New York Times, about the fact that 90% of the sperm in young American males is now so genetically damaged and dysfunctional, it can't even get to the egg, much less fertilize it. And if you do fertilize it, the chances now of having a normal child, as, as opposed to a severely autistic one, is unknown, but it's getting worse every day because... What's causing all of these these poisons, like, for example, autism in, in children or Alzheimer's and elderly people? I'm a molecular biologist, so I've been studying this field on when you get down to the molecules of what's going on, the key terms that every American should understand are amyloid plaques. These amyloid plaques, which is the term given to these super sticky blocks that uh, dissolve proteins in, within us in seconds. And these, that when you get at the heart, the molecular heart of cancer, much of the heart disease, uh, because these, these chemical poisons that are dissolving these molecules within us are everywhere. They're, getting, they're coming down in the rain. And, we, and they're landing on the food that we eat, and then we ingest them. Because we poisoned our entire atmosphere. You can't go anywhere on the earth now that the water hasn't, and the air and the, and the food has not been contaminated. And I'm, have you ever heard that on the national news on any network? No. Now, if that doesn't call for a state of emergency, and I'll tell you what the solution is. The solution involves transforming everyone's home an office building into an ecosystem that grows its own food indoors. And you can see pictures of this on our website. You can, there's magnificent technology already available that you can grow food indoors with lights that simulate sunlight. And this is much higher quality than anything you're going to buy in a supermarket. Because most of the food in the supermarket is junk. You can even be consuming it. Even the organic stuff you wonder about. But this stuff grown in your own ecosystem, in your own house, with your own highly purified water that will come from your own indoor reverse osmosis system. You're now, and you're going to be able to power this with the solar hydrogen energy system that you can, for example, I'm, I'm talking to you on a cell phone that I have to plug in almost every day because the, they take, say how great the batteries are, but they don't last very long. The chart, every time you use an electric lithium battery, uh, it diminishes in terms of how long that battery is going to hold the chart. And it's an exponential function. So uh, I keep my phones plugged in all the time, but... It, right now, if you put a hydrogen fuel cell cartridge in your phone in the same space that it takes to put those two batteries in your phone, or a single battery, 
depending upon the phone, you would have a 30-day time period to use that phone full-time before you had to pop in another cartridge. Wow. Well, let me ask... And you can, you can put, put that same fuel cell technology in your car, or we can, better yet, we can just modify the engine. This is what Ocasio-Cortez doesn't understand. You can you don't have to throw out all the internal combustion engines in the world, because, by the way, they're power in the world. And although gas turbines are not internal combustions, though technically speaking, those are external combustion engines, but they still power much of the world in terms of getting people around. And all of them, all of them will run easily better with much higher performance Half the weight in terms of takeoff if they're using liquid hydrogen. And every existing airplane and every existing automobile back to the Model T's can be easily modified to use hydrogen fuel that you can make at your home, assuming your home has water, which is where the hydrogen is. And by the way, your body is mostly hydrogen. Because mm. your body is mostly water. We're big bashing water walking around. But it's the hydrogen that holds all the molecules together. The hydrogen is the nutrient for all the bacteria and other microorganisms. Hydrogen is the stuff of life. And it serves the proteins within us. But these proteins are right now being melted down and dissolved in seconds into these super sticky amyloid plaques that then destroy the protein in seconds. And, and I can take, explain to you exactly how that process works. Because most... Everybody that's studying Alzheimer's, they always admit they know the amyloid plaques are terrible and super sticky, and they don't know what's causing them. And that's because, when you read I do, they all think it has something to do with a defective gene somewhere. Uh, they think it may have something to do with a new virus they haven't found yet. Except they're, uh, as a molecular biologist, I know that's, that's really foolish, because there's no... Uh, uh, precedent in biochemistry that would cause a protein molecule. And that's my specialty, is protein molecules. And that's because proteins are the most important molecules of life. They are in every living cell on the planet. There are no exceptions. And proteins, we, we hear the term protein like, well, there's protein in the food. Well, yeah, that's right, there is. And sometimes it's alive, and sometimes it's dead. For example, if you cook the food with high temperatures, it'll be dead. That's not to say you can't get some of the benefit of the nutrients, but if you want the food benefit, you like to eat it live proteins, like the ones you get in fruits and vegetables. That's Those are the super proteins. Uh, except we've used so many chemicals, poison chemicals from oil, all the pesticides and herbicides, all the same stuff, really. It was the same stuff used in the germ warfare in World War One. Mm. You short chlorinated hydrocarbons, which have a half-life of nobody knows how long, at least tens of thousands of years, this stuff will remain deadly. And we use it, so we spray it on crops. My I live in a golf course with a bunch of doctors who live here, and they spray 10 times more chemical poisons on their grass every year for weed control than the farmers spray on their crops. And the problem with spraying all this poison and producing all this poison gets back to, and every voter needs to understand this law in physics, and it's real simple. You've heard the gravity. Everybody understands gravity. Well, they need to understand the word diffusion. That's spelled D-I-F-F-U-S-I-O-N. Diffusion, which takes place every time you pour cream into coffee. 
It's an irreversible chemical reaction. And if you're pouring, let's say, some gasoline, which is one of the most hideously toxic chemicals known, gasoline, you even smell that stuff. It's in you. It's in your blood because it's already gone through your nasal passages for you to detect it. And God help you if you touch it because you can't wash it off. It goes right through your skin. And the only safe way to really refill your car would be in a money suit. And that's reading the oil company's own technical literature, which the average person has never seen. So they don't know. And most people think, that's when it's perfectly safe. <laughs> it's one of the most chicks. And let me tell you how dangerous this gasoline is. And this is an important story. When I was a kid, I was watching a couple of mechanics pull an automotive part out of a really greasy, grimy old engine. And you couldn't, it was just ugly looking. The mechanic was holding the part in a wrench, and then he took his other hand and picked up a, a big paintbrush, like you'd be painting your house with, uh, that was soaking in gasoline. And this guy with no gloves, and I didn't know this at, at the time of the kid, but I remember this incident. It was such a powerful memory in my, in my growing up. He took that paintbrush and painted it across that dirty, grimy, oily part, and within seconds, it became like brand new. Wow. It just glistened like gold, all in seconds. And that's exactly what happens when those benzene and other molecules are in your blood. And when they bump up into a protein that is the most complex molecular structure ever discovered, proteins are so complex that no supercomputer ever invented in the world has yet figured out their biochemistry. And by the way, the biochemistry of proteins is all based around hydrogen. It's called transhydrogenation. That's mm. what the biochemists call it. How the proteins are continually moving hydrogen atoms around to make new molecules. Mm. Now, so we're moving them down with our oil-based poisons, and that's causing a mass extinction event, which means we need to shut the oil. You want to talk about what, what our new regulation should be. Here's where all of this boils down to. We need to put the oil industrial complex out of business immediately. And the same with the nuclear industrial complex. If we're going to have any hope of anyone surviving this mass extinction event, it isn't just beginning... confident that you can uh, get two-thirds of the states, including some of the conservative states, to back the democracy amendment? Absolutely, I'm confident. And I say that because I'm aware of Article... I've studied carefully Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution, which is a very short paragraph. <laughs> Everybody should read it carefully, because there's what is called the emergency clause language in Article 5 which allows voters in individual states to organize constitutional conventions within their states to ratify amendments without the Congress or anything else. 
if they organize, and, and, and if the majority, according to Article 5, if the majority of voters in 38 states vote to ratify an amendment, that's ratified. That's it. It doesn't matter who, how the amendment is originated. What matters is that three-fourths of the states approve of it. Mm. This is a 28-word amendment. I've heard a lot of political candidates talk about, oh, they want to change things and make things better, but they never tell you how to do it. Let me tell you how the democracy amendment does it. The very first thing we do before the next election, we don't need to wait for the next election. We can ratify this uh, democracy amendment in a matter of maybe a week from the time it gets all over the national news. And here's why. Because all a voter, from, it doesn't matter whether they're a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent, as long as they are a registered voter with their Secretary of State's office, which in every state that's where all the... Uh, voter data is basically archived. Uh, if they're a registered voter, all they need to do is download the paper ballot from our Democracy Amendment USA.net website, or they could download it from the Braun for President.us website. If you go to the Braun for President website, you're going to see all sorts of videos and other really important information that you don't see under on the Democracy Amendment website. But either way, you can download the ballot in your house. It's now a paper ballot. You can read it, and when you get done with it, if you fill it out and put in your name and address and sign it, and then you have to buy a stamp and put it on an envelope and mail it to your Secretary of State's office. And when a majority of voters in 38 states mail that ballot to the Secretary of State, that amendment will be ratified, and then the majority of voters will no longer be passive observers and never get to hear the secrets. And don't, wouldn't you just love to know all these secrets they don't want yeah. the voters to know about? Yeah. And what I would like to know, because let me just make this point, Nolan. Mm-hmm. Everybody runs around, including virtually every presidential candidate I have heard, including Hillary Clinton, who was a graduate of Yale Law School, who repeatedly said that the United States was a constitutional democracy. She is a bald-faced liar. And she's a lawyer who went to a high-powered law school. How could she not know that the United States has never, ever been a democracy? Not from day one. Our founding fathers knew well what a democracy was, <laughs> which is majority rule. And they had wanted, they were a bunch of rich white guys who had no intention of letting the majority of people get involved in the details of governing anything. And that's the way it's been ever since. That's why we are a bribery-based republic, which is an oligarchy. What's an oligarchy? It's ruled by the tiny number of rich people. You could, in today's world, it's the 1%. Who's most of that 1%? It's the oil industrial complex. Why do I say that? Because they just don't own the oil industry. They set up the pharmaceutical drug industry in the 1930s because they can make a thousand times more profit on the barrel of oil if they're making this synthetic aspirin from benzene, mm-hmm. which is one of the most toxic substances known. And, and every American takes it. My poor wife took it, and her gastrointestinal tract is dissolved as a result of it. She's, she's I can't tell you what a disgusting thing that is, that that's even illegal. And they call it aspirin, but it isn't aspirin. It's what they call 
modern medicine. What does that mean? It's made from oil. One of the most toxic substances known, whatever you do with it, whether you're making fibers from it, plastics from it. If you drink a bottle of water from a plastic bottle water made from oil, it may have been from water when you put it in the bottle. If you if you have a reverse osmosis system in your home and it doesn't cost very much, if you don't have one, you better find out what that is and get one. Because otherwise you're drinking high levels of poisons every day. That's none of the water companies really even begin to test for all of these chemical poisons. Yeah. They just say, okay, it's not okay. It's why we have this epidemic of disease, including these animaloid plaques that are making our planet uninhabitable. Mm. So we have to get a handle on this. Now, I don't know any other candidate that is even aware of how many candidates, in fact, I can tell you none, talk about the chemical contamination problem. No. And the answer is none. Much less what is the solution. And the solution is, as Henry Ford pointed out, the cheapest way to make hydrogen is from cannabis. That's what he was doing. And he was making not just hydrogen fuel, he was making plastics that are completely non-toxic and highly nutritious. Cannabis happens to be one of the most nutritious foods known. It has all of the 10 fatty acids that the body desperately needs to keep your blood vessels elastic. <laughs> and it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Who made it illegal in 1937? It was the oil industrial complex led by Andrew Mellon because Henry Ford was going to put the oil and coal companies out of business in this concept he called chemical. Actually, it wasn't his concept. It was his chemical engineer's concept called chemistry. Spelled C H E M U R G Y. And if you go to Wikipedia and look that up, you'll see how Henry Ford was going to have the small farmers make all the money, all the pharmaceutical drugs that wouldn't be made from oil. They would be made from plants like cannabis, which has been found to treat over 200 different medical conditions, including Alzheimer's. In fact, it's the only substance. And by the way, this is from the Salk Institute, which is one of the most prestigious molecular biology labs in the country. Uh, and not just them, there's a dozen labs worldwide that have found the only thing that dissolves these terrible amyloid plaques from the oil age is cannabis. Now... And uh, it's illegal. Now... Um, so, do you believe that there is a way, do you believe that uh, you can get, if you become president, do you believe that there is uh, federal, do you believe that there's legislation you can pass in Congress on the federal level uh, to get uh, marijuana legalized? If we have that democracy amendment ratified, and you look at the clause right now, it will be not just legalized, we're going to make it the heart. You don't need to regulate it and study it and pass it. Everybody should be growing it in their backyard or in their home, preferably now since the backyard's contaminated. Let's grow it indoors. And there's lots of technology available to do that. All you have to do is go to YouTube and you'll see a dozen people that are happy to share with you all the technical details of how efficient and how economic it is. And that's the only way you know that the cannabis you're growing is actually pure organic. Anything you buy on the street is like buying everyone on the street. It's got no idea. They're cutting it with cement. You inject that in your veins, you're going to have a problem. And the point about growing in your backyard or better yet in your house, 
under the fact that we've contaminated the rain, for heaven's sake. That's how bad things are. But you've got to become aware of it. You've got to understand how to survive it. And you've got to survive it by protecting you and your family and transforming your house into an ecosystem where you're going to bring that natural daylight indoors. And it'll be much, it's not only great for your plants, it'll be great for you. Because it'll have the ultraviolet energy in the sun that you need to have to be healthy. And you're right now, you don't get any of it. We have sealed our entire population off from the natural outdoor environment. And that is the principal cause of many of the diseases that we have. Because it shuts you off from that ultraviolet sea of electromagnetic energy that all of our ancestors have been living in 18 hours a day every day for millions of years, really. Um, all of that suddenly, in one generation, when somebody invents air conditioning and suddenly everybody moves into a building and closes all the windows, and they're living in a completely artificial environment, it deprives them of this critical exposure to, re to be healthy. No. And you can hear anybody who's, who understands that this is well-established medical literature on this subject. Mm. And there's not one presidential candidate even knows what we're talking about right now. Yeah. By the way, the subject is called photobiology, the biological impact of light on living organisms. And the science is well-established. They've known about this since the 1800s. Now, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your idea to... Um, uh, to, uh, for people, for everyone to have their houses uh, be eco-friendly, um, would you propose that the government pay f uh, to make their houses eco-friendly? Uh, and if so, how much would that cost? Well, the system of, and you can go online and look for indoor food production systems, which, for example, I've seen them online where this, this is the neatest little thing you've ever seen. You can put a radio in your kitchen. It's about as big as a, a large refrigerator. At the bottom of it is a fish tank with real live fish in it. And, and you take basically what's waste that comes out of the fish is fertilizer for the plants. That's what I mean by ecosystem. And because above the fish tank is a plant garden where the fertilizer goes and fertilizes the plants. And then people eat the plants, of course. Uh, and all this can be right in your kitchen. And you can put every place you have spare uh, space. I, I have got, got pictures of uh, skyscrapers where you, instead of seeing a wall with paint on it, it's, it's solid plants growing. And they grow amazingly well. Plants will grow uh, all 24 hours a day if you give them light 24 hours a day. And so indoor agriculture is the key to surviving the climate, not just the climate crisis, that's destroying food production systems worldwide right now as we speak. Just talk to the poor people in the middle of the country right now that just got hit with one of the worst floods they've ever seen. That's where we used to have farmland. Same thing is true in California. You've got to get you and your family into a survival mode or you're not going to make it through what's coming. And if you think you can depend on the big centralized systems, think again, they're going to collapse on you. And so is that good. And you better be ready for it. And the way you're ready for it is with these solar hydrogen production systems that you make from water and electricity that you can generate from a wind turbine, you can generate it from a solar cell, you can generate it from cannabis. You can do all of this yourself on your own property. And that's what every the government should be helping every American, not to buy guns 
we need to help every American be able to grow food and survive the climate change and chemical contamination crisis that's involved in this mass extinction event. Otherwise, we're not going to have a future. How do you propose to uh, the government could pay for this? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that, Nolan. That is my favorite. There's only one more question you haven't asked me, and that's health care. And don't forget about bronze care before we hang up. All right. Uh, now, how do we pay for it? Oh, that's a great question. And you know what? Every time I hear some politicians say, and almost all of the Democrats are pushing this Medicare for all. And I just want to make a point here. There's a website called usgetstock.org, O-R-G, and you need every American voter needs to go to this website. And when you go to that website, you're going to be blown away if you haven't been there. And it's a very simple website, it's, and you go to the bottom of it where it sums everything up, and you're going to find that the Medicare debt right now, without giving it to everybody, but just right now, is at $28 trillion, which happens to be larger than the national debt of $22 trillion. And when you look at what this Medicare debt's going for, it's for the oil age, super high-cost pharmaceutical drugs that are highly toxic, all of them. There is no pharmaceutical drug that isn't toxic. And if you don't believe me, just listen to their commercials that are running nonstop on every network. Because the oil companies make a thousand times more profit selling that toxic so-called modern medicine than they do selling gasoline. That's why they're rich enough to buy up every news corporation and own and censor it. Which is why you've never heard of the hydrogen age or the hydrogen economy, because they want to keep people stupid. Because we could have been on the hydrogen age when I was running for Congress in 1984 against John McCain. He said he was too technically illiterate and he admitted it. things I wanted to ask you about. There's another candidate uh, who's a Democrat in the race uh, named Andrew Yang. He's an entrepreneur. And one of the things he proposed 
uh, was universal basic income, where everybody would be, every citizen in America would be guaranteed $1,000 a month. I was wondering what your thoughts on that were. eventually ask you a little bit about uh, the news, but um, you, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, brawn care, so um, yeah. so why don't you talk number one issue, and it's health care, right? Yeah. Okay, and right now, I mentioned that Medicare fiasco, that it's completely, it's, they call it the Affordable Care Act, which is Orwellian. It's completely unaffordable. And, and I forgot to finish the story about 
by printing all this money, which, by the way, goes to the banks, not to the middle class. But by printing all this money since 1970, the value of the dollar today is worth about $0.08. Cents. Actually, it's a little bit less than that. $0.08 cents for that dollar in your pocket. So if you think you're making $15 an hour, you're really making about yeah, a little less than $1.50 an hour in 1970 wages. Except in 1970, you could buy a brand new top of the line Chevrolet Impala for less than $2,500. That car now is about $35,000. But you're still making the same wages with, and it, like I say, your dollar's worth eight cents. That's what happens when you let the banks take over. When you talk about socialism, let me tell you what that word really means. It means public ownership. That's all it means. I don't like that term at all. I like the term economic democracy. That's my term. Because once you ratify that democracy amendment and put the majority of people in charge, they're going to realize that the cannabis and the hydrogen technologies are all in the public domain. There's no way that you would want to put those under a private corporation for profit. That's, that's why you're going to, and the whole healthcare system is the same thing. The reason we're going broke is because every doctor is a capitalist, trying to become as rich as possible. My wife, who has to go and see a pain doctor just to get her meds every month, charges her $400 just to get a bottle of pills each month. And then he charges another two hundred and fifty dollars for the pills, and he won't give her morphine. All of us wouldn't do that because if they could get real morphine, that would put the whole pharmaceutical drug industry out of business. Because it's dirt cheap and it actually works. Wow. <laughs> you can't get your hands on it. Wow. So I want to ask you a little bit about uh, this week's uh, news. A lot of the political news this week, uh, starting with uh, John McCain. Um, Donald Trump uh, posted um, a tweet uh, about John McCain, which is uh, sparking uh, a lot of controversy. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. Um, yeah. Um, but I was wondering what your uh, thoughts on those tweet. What What were your thoughts on those tweets? As somebody who knew, did you ever meet John McCain? Many times. And uh, like I say, he, well, he, he was candid with me right up front that he was not a technical person. He didn't get into the technical details. And like I say, when we were in the base, when things of energy and, and the environment came up, we would just say, let Harry handle it. He didn't even try to, to get into it, nor did he try to learn about it. When he was at the bottom of his graduating class in Annapolis, I could kind of understand that. But remember, he's a kind of a rich kid, kind of like Donald Trump. Um, and when you're born rich, you don't really have to do anything. And, and, and well, oftentimes, rich kids end up uh, playing. And Donald Trump is a case in point. He never worked a day in his life. His grades are so bad, his lawyers threatened to the universities not to release him. And Donald Trump is the most disgusting human being I have ever uh, seen on the national stage, period. In fact, the most, he's the most disgusting person I've ever seen, period. He's, he's a wannabe dictator. But he is, he is not even trying to hide that fact. And the fact that so many people in the country are brainwashed by this guy uh, who's worse than Adolf Hitler type person. And I say that because Adolf Hitler wasn't poisoning their own aquifers forever. He didn't do that. But Donald Trump has. 
Donald Trump took all the regulations off of the fuckers. And the coal mines, so he can rip the top top mountains and shovel all that radioactive rubble into the rivers and destroy them forever. Make our country look like a moonscape. That's what Donald Trump does. And the voter doesn't know this because none of the corporate news networks ever talk about it. Yeah. Now, I think the tweet itself says, from Trump, it says, um, it's a spreading the fake and totally disgraced dossier, quote, uh, is unfortunately a very dark stain against John McCain, unquote, Ken Starr, former independent counsel. He had far worse, quote, stains, unquote, than this, including two thumbs down on repeal and replace years uh, of repeal of campaigning to repeal and replace. He goes on in another tweet to say, so it was indeed just proven in court papers, quote, last in his class, unquote, uh, Indianapolis, um, uh, John McCain that sent the fake dossier to the FBI and media, hoping to have painted it before the election. He and the Dems working together failed as usual. Even the fake news refused this garbage. Well, Donald Trump is a pathological liar. He is a technically illiterate pathological liar. I've never seen anybody as much of a liar, and all the people around him are liars. And they lie for him. And if, if, the, if the majority of people ever get control of this government, we're going to have another class trials for these people. And let me tell you something. There's a, a star in our country... And his name is Nadam Chomsky. And he has videos on YouTube that you can watch dealing with the Nuremberg class crimes that have been committed by every American president from Truman to Trump. And they all got away with it, Nolan, because our country is not a member of the International Criminal Court. We, the United States, are an outlaw nation that refuses to submit to the rule of law internationally. So our presidents can mass murder innocent people for oil companies every day, which is what they've been doing since I've been alive. And they keep doing it. They keep dropping these bonds. It doesn't matter how much they cost. It doesn't matter how much the debt that's bankrupting the country. It doesn't matter how much they're poisoning our own people. Our judicial system apparently doesn't care about the chemical contamination of our own people. They are, the FBI is arresting people for cannabis, but they won't arrest people for chemical contamination. What do you suppose is wrong with our government? It's been so subservient to the oil company. Yeah. Now, um, the next uh, thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, Andrew Gillum, the former Tallahassee mayor, who is also uh, the Democratic mayor, uh, the Democratic candidate for governor of Florida in 2018. Of course, he lost. Um, he started a, a PAC called Forward Florida, um, which apparently has raised $4 million dollars. And apparently the attempt is to try and uh, register um, uh, more more uh, people, more younger people, and just more people in general to vote uh, in hopes of uh, flipping 
Florida blue for the Democratic candidate, potentially you, uh, in uh, 2020. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, it's very important to point out, Norman, that I'm, a, I'm trying to put the majority of people in charge of our government. That's my first mission as president. Or, fortunately, I don't have to be president to make this happen. I merely have to get my message out, which I hope by running this campaign, and by the way, I have some meetings coming up in New Hampshire and in Maine, that I've got some people that are very fired up about this concept. And if we get this on the national news, we can have the Democracy Amendment ratified long before the next presidential election. That's my first. We cannot afford to wait. Every day Donald Trump is president, he's destroying another aspect of the United States. He's the, he's the worst thing. He is worse than narrow and wrong. He's the most despicable and criminal human being that's allowed to run amok because the Republicans allow him to. Because they're all sellouts to the oil industrial complex money. And it's not just the Republicans. Some of them are the key Democrats, like Biden. They're all in, they've been on the kid, the whole political. Most, why do you think elected officials go to Congress? So they, they spend, they'll tell you, they testify, they spend 90% of their time meeting with lobbyists and going to fundraisers. All they do is raise money. And they tell you they're going to have conversations about solutions because they don't have any real solutions. They don't know what, they don't even know about the hydrogen age or the hydrogen economy, even though it's been advocated by thousands of scientists and engineers worldwide. The people at BMW and General Motors and Ford, Honda, Toyota, Honda even has a home hydrogen production system you can put in your garage. And you've never heard about it on any, and they've had that for years. Yeah. Now, um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. So the next thing I wanted to ask you um, about uh, was uh, about Mike Gravel. Mike Gravel was the former senator from Alaska. He's now 88 years old, um, and he's thinking about um, uh, running for president again. He ran for president in 2008. He was uh, he served as Alaska senator from uh, 1967 to 1981, he's thinking of joining the Democratic field for president once again at the age of 88. Um, are you familiar with Mr. Gravel, and what are your thoughts on him getting in, if so? He actually contacted me a number of years ago, and I briefed him on the hydrogen uh, issue and his uh, top staff people, and I will say that he was a listener. He was very intrigued. And so I can't say that I, I found him to be like many people, which is disinterested in the subject. I was on Joe Scarborough's program a number of years ago, and he wouldn't even let me get to the subject. He thought the concept of hydrogen was so outlandish that he couldn't stop laughing. Mm. And he wouldn't even let me get to the fact, hey, look, there are thousands of scientists and engineers worldwide. This is the solution. This is the way to get out of this mess. And it's in the water. And you use the sun and the wind to extract it, or better yet, the cheapest way to make it is to simply grow cannabis, like we did in World War II, uh, up and down the railroad lines. And they did that because we needed it for the war. And you might say, what? Why did you need cannabis for the, in the war for the modern battleships? And, and 
No. Yeah. The cost DuPont Chemical Corporation, you heard of them. Well, DuPont had been making plastics and polymers from cannabis plants that were 10 times stronger than steel. Mm. And that's what Henry Ford was using in his cars. You, you, can, you can see these cars on YouTube. Uh, type in Henry Ford's cannabis cars, and you'll see right, where he's banging the rear fender of a brand new car with a sledgehammer or a big axe. And it just bounces off. This past plastics are so strong. Mm. That's why Henry Ford was gonna, and, and he, he, can, he can produce not just plastics, all the fibers. So he had these cannabis cars. It's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. If you hit your car right now that you pay thirty-five thousand dollars for, and hit that front fender uh, or hood with a sledgehammer, can you imagine how much damage that would cause? Yeah. And this was all known in the nineteen thirties. Mm. And we instead shifted to this highly toxic oil plastics, which we never needed. And what, but the, what they were using the cannabis for in World War II was to make high explosives. TNT. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it was why we won World War II. It's why the United States government, under the Department of Agriculture, set up a public corporation to grow cannabis up and down the railroad lines all across the country, because it grows everywhere. And, and it was sent to DuPont, which trans, which nitrated that the, the cellulose in cannabis to make TNT another high explosive that won the war. Except that was all super secret. Hmm. Now, um, another thing I was going to ask you about, um, in terms of Joe Biden, Joe Biden obviously expected to get into the race early or late, mid to late uh, April, um, a report came out this week that he may be considering Stacey Abrams, the uh, the 2018 Democratic uh, candidate for governor of Georgia. He may be considering her to be his uh, running mate, and he might be announcing his running mate early in the primaries. What are your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm uh, frankly, I live in Georgia. And I, I don't know a lot about Stacey Abrams, but I did watch a gubernatorial campaign. And um, I, I don't, look, Joseph Biden, I have a picture of him and his son who got a top job in Ukraine, where we had a war going on, which was all about fracking. Most people don't realize that Ukrainian war was all about fracking. And fracking was being pursued from day one for Hillary Clinton at when she was Secretary of State. Who does fracking represent? It represents Exxon, Halliburton, and Chevron. And it involves, when they killed Gaddafi in Libya, who had been sympathetic to the U.S. for many, couple of decades anyway, Hillary Clinton prided herself that she had him killed uh, because she wanted to take charge of that oil deal in Libya. And it just turns out her coup failed. Bunch of people died, but so what? But it's the kind of way our government operates. It has been operating. We mass murder people for oil all the time, and Joe Biden is up to his ears in oil fracking. His son was hired by the top fracking company in Ukraine as a top executive. You think that's a little bit biased? At the whole 
Yeah, but you think Russia was about fracking? They were going to cut off the Russian gas lines to Europe. That would bankrupt Russia. You think Russia is going to let themselves be bankrupted? They'll go to war. They're not going to just cut Russia's flow. And by the way, if you keep up with Russia, and I do, I've been studying them all my life, uh, they have some of the best, in fact, their weapons are just every bit, in some cases, better than ours right now. And we best not be getting, this new arms race is not only highly dangerous, it's very expensive and very stupid. It's an arms race for idiots. You can't win it, but you can, you're just accelerating the mass extinction of that. That's all this is. These are insane policies by insane people who think you're going to somehow win this arms race while we're spending ourselves to making our money worthless. Hmm. All right. you a little bit about uh, New Zealand. Uh, recently, they passed uh, gun laws following the uh, the uh, tragedy at the Christchurch shooting. What are your thoughts on that, and what are your thoughts on gun control in general in America? Well, let me just say something. I, I, when I saw that, I stood up and kidded that woman. I just, I said to myself, my God, we watched all these kids and everybody else get slaughtered and we do nothing. Prime Minister stood up and said, we're stopping it, we're stopping it right now. We're going to end this ability that 
the, the Second Amendment, the Donald Trump runs around saying it's only a one-sentence amendment. It's even less, it has fewer words than my democracy amendment, which is 28 words. This is the 28th Amendment, or will be once it's ratified. But the Second Amendment, somebody should bother to read this one sentence. Because they just read the second half of the sentence. You need to include the first half of the sentence. The part that says, in order to maintain a well-regulated militia, comma, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, that clearly states it's for a well-regulated militia. Not for every man, woman, and child going by an assault rifle. So, to say that the Second Amendment means you can buy any gun in the world, well, that's because we had a recent Supreme Court ruling that interpreted that accordingly. That, oh, well, that means everybody can go get a, 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 an assault rifle. Well, here's the thing. That democracy amendment, and I just have to say, I think that the, the Supreme Court, one of the reasons we're having a mass extinction event now taking place is because of the Supreme Court. By this tiny handful of uh, nine people, who are so confused about the judicial law, they have to take a vote to decide what they want. And it turns out they always vote on behalf of the oil industrial complex. That's all I've noticed. They are sellouts. And under once this democracy amendment is ratified, the Supreme Court will no longer be the final say on, on anything. Because anything they do, in terms of a ruling, will have to be approved by that universal mind of over 60 million voters. That's a real democracy. And 60 million voters have more knowledge and more insight than those nine people who are encapsulated in that Supreme Court where they do everything in secret. That's disgusting. Everything should be absolutely open. Every room in, in the White House and every Congress should be open to the public. Videotape, just so you know exactly what's going on at all times. You need to end secrecy in government. If people are carrying out secrets, there's a reason. Most mm. people don't do that. Only people with something to hide need secrecy. And our government is loaded with secrecy. And not to mention Trump, he doesn't even let you know who comes in and out of the White House. Mm. Now, He's an emperor. We're trying to be a one of the emperor. Which means he's a, and by the way, all of the intelligence agencies in the United States of America have determined that the Russians took that election and put Donald Trump in office, which makes him a traitor. And we're letting, I don't see anybody prosecuting him. Why are we prosecuting him for treason? He is a clear traitor. He said in that Helsinki meeting with the Russians, not to mention in the White House, where no American, and no American journalist was even president. President, excuse me. They had to get the pictures of those meetings from the Russians. This guy's a Russian puppet. And in the old world, he's not trying to hide it. This, he's trying to blow man for Putin. He's a Putin puppet. He's a traitor. And so they arrested immediately. Fog marked out of the White House and put on trial. But what did we get? We get nothing but confusion every day. I'm sick of watching how confused everybody is about Donald Trump. I knew he was guilty, but I don't need the Mueller investigation. I've got enough reason to know what a gangster Donald Trump really is. No. He's not a thoughtful person about anything. He doesn't read. 
He calls people names like a child. He's mentally, seriously ill. And we could launch a nuclear war tomorrow. Just to distract the media. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, Trump saying this week that he wants to see the Mueller report, he thinks it's time for Mueller to release his report, and he says it's okay if the public also sees it, but he wants the public to see the report as it is right now. What are your thoughts? Donald Trump is a pathological liar. He said the same thing, that, oh, Dad, he couldn't wait to be interviewed by Mueller, and you saw the results, he would absolutely not be interviewed by Mueller. So, the reality is, anything Donald Trump says, you can't trust it. He's got, what, not over nine, ten thousand 10,000 lies he's officially made as president. No, let me ask you this question. How can the Congress and the public tolerate any president who is a liar? who pathologically lies every day for his own personal benefit of him and his family, who fired all of the U.S. attorneys in the country at once, decided to impede these investigations, and then appointed completely incompetent people instead. That's what he's doing. He's destroying the country every day and getting away with it. Mm. I'm outraged. I'm mad as hell. And this democracy amendment is the only way to let the Deciding which candidate's going to win 
And which candidate's going to lose? And here's how they do it, according to the New York Times article, investigation. They installed, and they found this out because one of the counties that signed the contract and had so many issues coming up, they hired an outside expert to come in and look at the software. And wow, what they found was that ESNS had installed something called remote access software, which means they could be accessing that voting machine in real time right during the election. And this expert also found that's exactly what they were doing is manipulating the election in real time. Wow. Um, so the next thing I wanted to ask you was about, um, Trump recently, uh, said, uh, if you remember, he, uh, he walked away from the Kim Jong-un deal. Uh, Kim Jong-un wanted him to loosen sanctions on North Korea. If you'll remember, Trump walked away from that. Trump now, um, is saying that he will loosen some restrictions, uh, on North Korea. Your thoughts? He embraced dictators. He loves other emperor dictator type people. Uh, that, uh, he likes Putin for the same reason. Putin's another dictator. He's a new czar. Uh, uh, he likes the, the Marcos and, and the Philippines, who mows people down just because they're selling uh, cannabis or other drugs. He just murders them on the street. And Trump, Trump praises him. Trump is a barbarian. I think he's just another mass murderer type guy. He's a barbarian. He's a gangster. He's, he talks like a gangster. All you can do is listen to him speak. Look at what he said about John McCain. Look, I ran against John McCain. I did not like his policies. I didn't like his arms races. I thought the war in Vietnam was god-awful. That was a Nuremberg-class crime, to be sure. We killed over 3 million Vietnamese farmers. For what? Well, why did we, did we drop all those chemical poisons on them and mutilate their children forever? What was all of that about? Why did, how did Nixon and Johnson get away with these Nuremberg-class crimes? I'll tell you why, because we're not a member of the International Criminal Court. And then if we don't ratify that democracy amendment, we never will be. Right up to the end of our life on the earth. And that's right around the corner which is the point I'm trying to make. And it's not me just saying that. It's 16,000 scientists out of all of the Nobel laureates. Mm. They don't ignore them. Uh. It's dirt to think that an idiot like Donald Trump who doesn't even read much less technical material. Mm. He even in a court ruling published in Time Magazine. You know, like Trump, Trump University fiasco? Yeah. Did he sue them? Yeah. Well, as part of that, they had to sign an affidavit under testimony, uh, under oath, that he knew nothing about the curriculum of Trump University. He knew nothing about how you buy low and sell high. When they asked him that, he said, no, I was just hiring some marketing guy. They were just using my name. I don't know anything about the curriculum. Well, if he doesn't know anything about the real estate business, which he's been in all of his life, how does he know anything about anything? Mm. Yeah. And you haven't heard all this stuff, even though it was published in Time Magazine. You haven't heard that on any of the five corporate news networks that gave Donald Trump over $5 billion of free media coverage just in the primary. And many of the other candidates got nothing. Not even slow. 
Yeah. That's the, that's how rigged our country is. Yeah. I mean, look at all the local. The reason the Republicans win is because all of the television stations that run the local news and radio talk show networks are all owned by ultra right wing conservative people. Mm. What does that mean? That means they represent the real industrial compacts. That's what it means. These people are worse than the not. We should have them tried as criminals if we only had a justice department that would acknowledge the chemical contamination issue and stop it. We should not allow any of these toxic chemicals to be produced, period. And yet the average American doesn't even know there is a problem. Mm. Now, um, is are there any other, before we... Because uh, I'm coming to the end of the the questions I have. Were there any other uh, policy positions you wanted to mention? Yeah, immigration. Okay, go right ahead. Hi, I'm a Democrat, and I want to put the majority of people in charge. Because when we have an economic democracy system in the United States, that means every American citizen will be able to get a royalty. Because all of the energy and other systems that produce the trillions of dollars and now go into the international multinational corporations. We're going to go into the United States Treasury and or the local communities instead. That's going to make the middle class rich. And we're going to, we do not want super rich people. They are bad for democratic society because if you allow a tiny number of people to become super rich, they can buy news networks like the Fox News Network run by a really disgusting individual, Rudolph Murdoch. He should not be allowed to have access to the United States public airways. He is a propagandist who serves the interests of the oil industrial complex. That makes him a criminal. A chemical contamination criminal who should be tried for mass murder of innocent people. If we had a Justice Department that was technically literate enough to understand this issue. And right now they seem to be ignoring it while they're arresting people by the thousands for cannabis. Hmm. That's how we need not another phony election. We need to finish the American Revolution for a real democracy, not a phony so-called democracy that's really a bribery-based oligarchy. That's what our country is. That is the problem. The solution is a 28-word democracy amendment that the majority of voters can put into law anytime they are able to understand how to do it, which is to go to our websites, download the ballot, and mail it to their Secretary of State's office. That's it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, now, the immigration thing, we don't want a whole bunch of new people coming into the country who, and all the existing citizens that people say just because you have a child here uh, that that child is a citizen. Well, I... Here's another important point, Nolan, and it's worth taking just 60 seconds to explain. If they go to my website, they're going to find out about a Supreme Court ruling in 1888, which addressed the question of what are called hands for babies, i.e., a person comes here, has a child, and some people think that means a child is a, is a citizen. But not according to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court looked at that very issue in 1888 in a decision called uh, Protus versus. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's an Indian, an American Indian, who was on trial because he wanted to be able to build. 
and went to the Supreme Court, and they found that because his real loyalty was with his tribe and not the United States government, he could not vote, and he was not considered a citizen. And what, so the rule is that if you have a child and you are not an American citizen, your child is not an American citizen. Your child is a citizen of your birth country, wherever that is. Wherever the parents are citizens from legally, their children are citizens also. And that is exactly what happens if an ambassador from a foreign country comes to the United States and has a child. That child is not a citizen. Now, I'm missing because we don't have 11 million uh, illegal Americans in this country. We probably have at least 150 million. Nobody actually knows the answer to the question. And that's a violation of the U.S. Constitution, which requires that the government know how many people, whether they're citizens or whether they're not, how many of them are actually in the country. And we don't know. And I'll tell you how you find out real fast, real easy, real cheap. We just go to the utility companies and you make sure they require every one of their customers. I'm talking about electricity, gas, and water. They're going to have to inform the utility company of their citizenship status. It doesn't matter what it is. They just need to know. Are you an American citizen? Are you a foreign citizen? And so which country? And within a matter of a month or two, you would have a highly detailed record. Of exactly how many people in here both who agree, who signed up for the census and all of the illegal people here who are obviously not going to sign up for the census. But they are going to sign up for gas and water. And that's how you really suddenly get an accurate number of just how many people are already in the country. And I mention that because we have 50 million people we know of in the United States that are in despicable poverty with their children in our country right now have no benefits at all compared to an illegal person that walks across the border and gets access to free legal assistance, an entire court trial, free medical care, free food, free lodging, free everything. They, they now have, the, have jurisdiction. The United States government is now obligated to pay for all of these people to just show up in the border. And by the way, the government's broke. Our money's already virtually worthless. And we're going to spend billions of dollars on an, an exodus of people which understandably is occurring worldwide because the whole world is in trouble right now. It, it's, the climate change catastrophe is not just in the United States, it's worldwide. Every country is in trouble. And we are doing nothing to protect our own people as millions of additional people flow into the country and we have no idea how, by the way, all those people that Donald Trump is picking up at the border, they're releasing all of them. And they have nowhere to, to keep them. This system is completely and utterly out of control, like it's been for the last hundred years. And yet, if you're going to have every citizen getting a royalty from this system that we have in place, you're going to want to know who is a real citizen. That's the whole point I'm trying to make. If we operate uh, this economy as an economic democracy, that means just like the people in Alaska get an oil revenue, we're going to have hydrogen revenues. Mm. Because that's going to be the hydrogen dollar, the hydrogen energy system, and every American citizen should be able to get a royalty every year. But if you have five times more people, everybody gets five times less. Mm. 
much less people that just show up because they're desperate. And I understand being desperate. But the whole world is desperate right now. And we can't possibly take them all in. We can't even deal with the people that are here. And let me tell you, the FBI says that the, the, these uh, Mexican-American drug gangs, which would disappear if we made these drugs legal, and I'm talking about cannabis and morphine, if you made those drugs legal, the whole drug war would then dissolve overnight. And I know because it's been done in a number of countries, including Great Britain, where that's exactly what happened. If you made cannabis and morphine legal and easily accessible, that would end the whole pharmaceutical drug fiasco and end the drug wars as we know it. Because, uh, by the way, morphine is one of the cheapest drugs you can buy. I know because my wife uses it. And and you can get a month's supply for $6. Mm. If it's the same thing, it really works. And it's safe because it comes from a plant, not from oil. The plant is a poppy plant. Oh, that's illegal too. Of course, the oil companies... If it were legal, they'd be out of business. And how many Americans understand this? They don't, because nobody wants them to know. They want to be. They want to keep the voters stupid, and that's what the so-called news networks do. My campaign is based on educating voters on what's really going on, while we still hopefully have time to change course into this solar, hydrogen, cannabis age that is pollution-free and inexhaustible, and it will never ever run out and we need to make that transition worldwide with wartime speed that's what my campaign is all about interesting um and i can get i can get kim Jong-un to go along with i can get this arms race is for idiots mm. um now i think we're coming to the end of the the program, but is but number, but number one, is there anything else you want to talk about quickly? And number two, are there any uh, social media sites where people can find you? Well, the best one, I, I have to admit, I'm a science guy, and I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook and other news networks, and I realize I should. That's the trouble with being a scientist and not a politician. Mm. So I, I ask for anybody's help in that regard to help get this story on Facebook. Uh, there are a number of, I was just going to give this one thought regarding my Don, Don Care, uh program. It's really based on one of the areas of research I've done that's quite astonishing on holistic uh, naturopathic medicine. was being practiced according to the Dead Sea Scrolls, and the Dead Sea Scrolls are a remarkable set of documents that most people haven't read, but they're, they're freely and available online. But they talk about Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, in a completely different way than the Jesus you see in the New Testament, which most people think he was a carpenter. Well, as it turns out, that's just ridiculous. He was no carpenter, especially he was born near in Palestine, essentially. And Palestine didn't have any trees even back then, so good luck for being a carpenter. He would have been a stonemason, maybe. He said the Dead Sea Scrolls explaining that even from his late teens to all of his 20s, he was living with a society called the Essenes, E-S-S-E-N-E-S. The Essenes were an amazing university of scholars, scientists, naturopathic physicians, uh, and they could read and write in a dozen languages. And to even get into their society, which was 
a democracy, believe it or not, back in those areas. Other than the Athens, nobody knew about another democracy, but the Athenians, which flowed through the Jewish religion, the Christian religion, and the Muslim religion, the British religion, and the Athenians actually go all the way back to the Old Testament, including Moses. And Jesus Christ, the last word Christ, means the anointed one. Well, what was Christ using for his anointing oil? And the answer lies in the Old Testament, in the chapter called Exodus, verse 22. The first ingredient for the anointing oil is canvas, spelled with a K in the Hebrew language. And it was added to olive oil with cinnamon and cassia as additional ingredients. And that was applied to the skin, where it went right through the skin into the bloodstream. And that was the same recipe that Jesus was using in the New Testament. So, uh, Jesus was practicing cannabinopathic medicine, where, uh, and, and these texts are available free and online. The book I'm citing is called The Essene Gospel of Peace, and it was written by when Jesus left the Essenes, two of their scribes were assigned, who could read and write, were assigned to follow him and take detailed notes of his teachings in real time. None of this exists in the New Testament. None. Nothing like this. And when you read what he was really saying to people, how to teach them how to eat, not too much, even how they baked bread was different. They, you would not put it in a high-temperature oven that would kill the proteins. You know, that's the bread uh, would be sprouted in the sun by putting, making flat bread that put in a hot rock and let the sun sprout the wheat, which did not kill the proteins. And when I was reading this as a molecular biologist, I thought, good heavens, how did these people know that? And they didn't talk about proteins, but they talked about the angels in the food in the air, and in the sun. How important it is to get out into the sun without any clothes. Now, you know, all of that's in this naturopathic uh, knowledge that was the accumulation of thousands of years that was all junk when the modern medicine oil age uh, rose its ugly head in the 1930s and erased all that. And so we now think modern medicine is where you get aspirin that's made from benzene that dissolves your, the lining of your stomach, where real aspirin is found in abundance in, in a completely non-toxic blueberries or apples or all kinds of fruits and vegetables, avocados. They all have natural acetylic acid. It's the active ingredient in aspirin. And it's completely non-toxic, unlike the benzene in the aspirin you buy in the store. They call it aspirin, but it's a lie. Just like when they say the United States is a democracy, it's a, it's a gigantic lie. And we need to get every voter to understand that. We do not live in a democracy. We do, we're not going to reclaim our democracy, as the work says, and try to save our democracy. We never had a democracy in the United States. Mm. We got sidetracked into an oligarchy. And that 28-year-old amendment will change everything. Overnight, it won't be just another phony election. It will be a real revolution where the citizens will be owning those banks instead of private oil companies. Interesting.
All right, well, Harry Braun, thank you again for joining me. Um, uh, good luck with your campaign. Any last words? No, other than I very, very much appreciate the opportunity to tell this story, Nolan. Once we get this out, things are going to happen really fast. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. I'm always available for you. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. All right, that was fun.